this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint with me today, and I'm so excited because she is always <laughs> a breath of fresh air, Jennifer Wilson. Hello, Jim. JJ, thanks for coming alongside. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. You know, it's been 26 years, JJ, since we first met, you and I. When I was moving to central Indiana from Seattle on the West Coast, you were a student then at uh, Anderson University, uh, just north side of Indianapolis, and I had four little boys and someone who I do not know engaged you who I do not know to watch my children while we unpacked our house. Yes, do you remember that's that? true. I do. I remember standing and waving, going, I have no idea. They're all blonde. Oh, my word. <laughs> and, and my boys fell in love with you that day, and so Aww. did all of us. And I, I'm recalling that because that was my first intersection with a student at Anderson University. Mm. And this is a school that is this year celebrating its centenary, 100 years. And we're so excited to have its president as our guest today to tell a story about where you go to school and how you go to school and how your life can unfold in ways you'd never imagine. Stay with us. JJ, Jennifer Wilson, and I are so privileged to have in our company John Pistol. Mm. He is the president of Anderson University. John, thanks for coming to be with us. Hey, Jim, it's great to be here. JJ, good to see you. Thank you. And uh, John, which number of presidents are you? How many presidents have there been? I am in the top five of the best <laughs> presidents go. in right now. history already. Now, I've only been there two and a half years, yeah. but already in the top five. Already in the top five. Yeah, so the truth is, yeah, there's only been five, <laughs> but that's all right. Outstanding so, leaders all. Absolutely. And you stand on tall shoulders, but Absolutely. you're also standing on a pivot where the university, after 100 years, is also facing a new century as it celebrates the last. That's right. And uh, everybody has a story, and the school does, and I'm sure there are people listening. Anderson University, I've heard of other schools, you know, how about that University of Notre Dame, for instance, Mm. or maybe Purdue, those are Indiana schools, or where I came from out west, Stanford or Mm. UCLA, University of Washington. There are so many schools. Anderson University is not one of the big dogs, would you say, John? No, that's right. Uh, (laughs) We are one of uh, actually 31 independent colleges in Indiana, so one of many just here in the state of Indiana. Not to mention the 49 other states and Mm, Canada and all the rest. And all the public schools and all that, so yeah. Okay, but size doesn't always matter so much, does it? No, that's right. Because... uh, Often great things come in smaller packages. Mm, sure. And this university is big enough to have some muscle, even if it's not one of those sprawling campuses that has tens of thousands of students. So, John, you are the president of this university two and a half years, mm-hmm. but your story with this university didn't start two and a half years ago. No, it started uh, as a child. Actually, uh, I'm the youngest of four children, and when I was a year old, our family moved from Baltimore, where my dad had been a Church of God pastor, and uh, took a position in the administrative offices of the church, but then shortly thereafter joined the faculty of, the, of Anderson College at that time and the seminary, so he was a seminary professor. And so from early on, I had some association with the school. You ran through the valley. I ran through the valley, <laughs> climbed on the outside of the buildings, much to the chagrin of my mom, who found out before I could even get home, before cell phones or anything, so yeah. But the university's campus in Anderson, Indiana, which mm-hmm. is about 26 miles northeast of the Indianapolis Center, part mm-hmm. of the Indianapolis Metro these days, you might say. That's right. This campus felt like home from an early age. It did. 
And uh, JJ, you also went there? I did. Why, why did you go to AU? Honestly, I was supposed to go somewhere else, I thought, and the Lord really directed me to AU. I was headed somewhere else to audition for a scholarship, and he says, nope, that's not the place. And mm. I came to AU because of the people. Um, there were some great people ahead of me that called me and said, I think you might want to check this out. So I, I came because God brought me here. Mm. Now, see, you've introduced a new thread to the weave that I know also is in John's fabric, and that is, it's a spiritual experience. Yes. Mm. And where you land in school, you may not think of it this way, can have huge impacts on your life unfolding. And thinking about it in a holistic way, not just what the academic disciplines might be, not just what your experience socially on campus might be, but to think about the spiritual frame yes. of these incredibly important years of your life, no matter where you are in life, you're going to school to be changed up by your education. A spiritual frame also matters. When we come back, I want to talk to John a little bit about how he found his way, mm. not just as a child playing in the grass, mm -hmm. but as a young man on the campus. We'll be right back. Jennifer Wilson, you're the original co-host with me here at Viewpoint, and during all of these years, have you ever been with us to the Holy Lands? I have not. Well, JJ, I want you to come with us next time because we're going to go again in January 2018. Why in January? At the front end of the month, we'll be in Bethlehem for the Orthodox Christmas Eve. Wow. And then we're going to walk through the streets of the old city of Jerusalem. We'll be on the Mount of Olives and overlook that city so over which Jesus wept. Hmm. We'll go to Galilee and you'll go out on a wooden boat framed like the one Jesus sailed on and you'll see the bowl of mountains upon which the lilies bloom like Solomon's glory. Wow. There's so much to experience, so many places to go. The scripture comes alive. JJ, come along with us. And everyone listening, we want you to join us. How do you get there? Check out our website, cbhviewpoint.org. Read all about it. Or give us a call, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, toll free. See you there. John Pistol is the fifth president of Anderson University. I'm in the studio with Jennifer Wilson, my co-host, who is an alum of the yes. university. Mm -hmm. Well, and let me just, full disclosure, I have four sons. All four of them yes. went to this school. Soar, raven, soar. <laughs> Uh-oh, she's got it. <laughs> and uh, this school, we're talking about this day because it's celebrating its 100th anniversary. And uh, John Pistol, the mm -hmm. president, grew up because his dad actually was on the faculty there. Right. But you came to a point in your life where you had to make a decision about your own progress after leaving high school sure. to do what? How did you land at AU? Well, similar to Jennifer, I was not planning to go to Anderson. I had played basketball and tennis uh, at Anderson High School, the local high school in Anderson, Indiana, and was planning to get either a basketball or tennis scholarship someplace else. Um, but God had some other plans that I learned about later. So as a senior in high school, I was uh, two weeks into my senior year. I happened to be the number one tennis singles player on the tennis team and on a state runner-up basketball championship team as my junior year, so prospects were looking good. But two weeks into the, to that school year, I was in a serious car accident 
and ended up with a broken neck. Ouch. Now, wait a minute. A broken neck. Broken neck. So for those of you listening and know anything about um, neck and spine problems, it was cervical vertebrae 3 and 5 that were actually broken. Mm. Uh, 5 was actually touching the spinal cord. And to say it was a miracle that I survived is a vast understatement. I actually remember standing up through the flipped-over car, which was a 67 Volkswagen Bug with no safety features, Volkswagen Beetle, and... The um, looking around and even looking down and seeing all this glass and blood all over my pants and shoes, and I thought, oh no, my mom is really going to be upset because these are new oh. pants. Oh, Not wow. conscious that your neck was broken. Mm, no, I thought my uh, left arm was broken because I'd broken that as a uh, sixth grader, as a 12 year old. So I felt like my arm was broken, but no sense of that. But when you have that kind of injury, you might have died, sure. you might have become quadriplegic. Right. I mean, there's so many outcomes that would have been. Very difficult. Yeah. But no. What happened? Well, so as I say, God had another plan. Um, and I should give a little bit of context. I'd been raised in a great church home, God-fearing mother and father, Alice and Elizabeth Pistol, just great, great folks. Um, had accepted Christ as a 12-year-old at a church camp, a ch- mm-hmm. camp challenge down southern Indiana, and then baptized back in my home church in Anderson. Uh, but by the time I was 13, I was, as I say, Breaking Bad. Now, for those of you who watch shows, I don't mean crystal meth Breaking Bad, <laughs> yeah. but I was completely rejecting the faith of my parents that I had just committed to the year before. Mm-hmm. And so my junior high and, and senior high years was were spent in rebellion. And so it was a miracle, one, that I hadn't had something bad happen prior to that Because you were at risk, really. Some I of those choices doing, you were making. Yeah, very yeah. poor choices, high-risk things that you know I'm, I'm ashamed of today. But God, again, had a plan. I don't think God caused the accident. I think it was caused because the driver I was riding with ran a stop sign, and we got hit broadside, and it was a bigger car, and laws of physics applied, and so sure. that's what happened. So that being said, I did not get the scholarships that I thought I would get, and so basically as a fallback, um, I decided to go to Anderson and uh, because it was convenient, and I got a break on tuition because my dad was, was, um, was teaching there, and they said, we'll support you anywhere you want to go, but you have to pay for it. So, um, yeah. Did this, wow. this accident, I mean, this critical life moment, mm. uh, it altered your course of, as you've described, for mm. scholarships and so on, but were you rethinking your life then? I, I was. But I was still so immature that by the time I enrolled as a freshman, about a year later after this accident, now I'd had a, a full physical recovery. And, and that's part of the miracle. That they, they did spinal yes. fusion, took bone from my shin, fused three of my vertebrae together. And I was actually able to play tennis and basketball. Again. At, at, again. So I lettered all four years in both wow. sports. So you weren't lippy to long. You were able no. to be fully restored. Yeah, I, it's just so remarkable. But the spiritual healing was a much more gradual process. And so I entered Anderson University with the three most important people being, to paraphrase contemporary Christian song, me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what, it was still all about me because that's the way I'd been living the last right. several, well, five or six years. And so it was through a process of meeting great people, including my future wife, some great professors and staff who I just saw the love of Jesus in them. I couldn't, didn't even identify it as such then, but just as being different than the, the crowd I'd been hanging around with, if you will. And because they weren't my parents, I probably was more open to, to that. And so, yeah, it's 
a four-year process of learning and discernment and trying to figure out what it means to be uh, a Christ follower. You know, what, what is that? So it's, I, for, you know, I, I still consider myself a Christian, but I wasn't a Christ follower. I right. You know, so, yeah, it was tr- through that process that uh, I, I graduated four years later with it much more a focus on God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, as opposed to the yeah. selfish Trinity. It was a different triune. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> but I'm hearing so. you say, from day one as a freshman yeah. to the last day as a graduating senior, yep. your life was turned upside down. It was transformed. During those days yeah, as a student. It was. And you well, were allowed, I just, I just think this is such a phenomenon of those, that four-year period of time mm. to ask probably really good questions mm. or have really good conversations within the safety right. of that Christian environment, yeah. you know, to be honest, right. but to have honest responses right. from yeah. these yeah. people around Holistic you. responses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And just one example. Um, so one of the things I did uh, as a teenager was drink to excess. You're not talking about orange juice. Uh, mm. No. So uh, <laughs> alcohol and, and and it was to get drunk. And that was the only reason uh, that I was drinking. And I remember somebody asking me um, early on as we were getting um, you know, to, to know each other and things, this friendship, so why do you drink? And I thought, what a naive question. I mean, who is this you know, goody two-shoes church person? <laughs> yeah. The reason I drink is to get drunk, obviously. Anybody knows that. But it was those type of questions, yes. Jennifer, that you're saying that people could ask, and I, I felt like I was in a safe area that I could say, oh, okay. And they didn't walk away because no. they lived down the hall. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But and it turned out it was my future wife. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, was, yeah. She didn't live down the hall. She, Other dorm, she, but yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we eventually moved in together. But that yeah. was after we got married. So. <laughs> well, I know that there's more to this story because that's just actually the beginning. Mm. When we come back, let's talk about what happens next. When I'm far away from home And the cold starts to blow When I'm empty and alone I turn to you When there's hardest in my heart It's all that I can 
As you're listening to Viewpoint today, you might think of a question or a comment. Maybe you have some thoughts you'd like to share. We want you to know we're always glad to hear from you. This is our toll-free number, 24 hours a day and seven days a week, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. Give us a call. I'll give you the number at the end of our broadcast today, but just now know we want to hear from you. Our guest is John Pistol, the president of Anderson University. I'm with J.J. Wilson. Uh, John, as you came to the university and you developed a whole new agenda for your life, you began to hear a call from God in your life, and that led you to some great places, and your career Mm. took off after you left the university. You went on to law school, right? I did, yes, Um, and uh, I'm still a recovering lawyer, but that's all all right. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to be either a successful business person or a lawyer. When I entered college and I thought, you know, I'll find my fame and fortune, and and because it's still all about me when I started, by the time I graduated and got into law school, I started looking at, well, how could I use my law degree uh, in service and what would that look like? So I, And that eventually led you to law enforcement. Yeah, eventually. So I did, um, I, you know, got through the three years of law school and then um, came back to Anderson and joined a law firm where I practiced for two years. But after the first year, I decided that that was not going to be the career for me for the next 40 years or whatever it would be. And I knew two uh, lawyers who had joined the FBI. And so I talked to them. They said, oh, yeah, if you're looking for a change, it's a great opportunity to, you know, to be in service, but to do some really exciting things. So I applied to the FBI, and it took about a year. That's a whole different story mm-hmm. in terms of uh, being patient but per- persistent. And was finally hired uh, in 1983, September of 1983. Okay. And started a, almost a 27-year career there. Okay. And for our audience, pause. Mm. Uh, he spent a career in the FBI. Yeah. How many years? Yeah, so almost 27. 27 uh, years and yep. went from the beginning all the way to a number two position in the Right, the, the uh, system. Bureau. Yeah, the, what's called the deputy director. So, um, um, yeah, I was served almost six years as a deputy director um, to somebody who's been in the news lately, uh, Robert Mueller, who's special counsel uh, on ongoing investigations. So he was the director, and uh, yeah, he he and the attorney general appointed me as the deputy director, and uh, and so, that yeah. puts you into a mix with the highest echelons of the United States government. It did. Uh, you were in that post during important years mm. of the yes. 9/11 era and what right. happened after. You had some history in New York with the criminal side of the right. operation, right? Yes. So I mean, <laughs> what I'm just suggesting is. Your decisions as a young man at mm-hmm. Anderson University gave way to all kinds of dynamic adventures and opportunities it and did. life for the good. It did, yes. And I think I am, well, we're each unique, but I think I am representative of any number of the 25,000 alum of Anderson University who have made an impact on the world for the good of others. Um, mine has been in public service and now back in higher ed. But just like Jennifer, whether it's in ministry or mm-hmm. others who ha- are in service in helping others, because really, the, I just touched briefly, the five core values for Anderson University really are what we focus on, hoping uh, graduates will go out in the world with. And that are th- that's things like excellence, you know, to demonstrate excellence in all things. It's integrity, it's servant leadership, it's responsibility, and it's generosity. So those five core values are things that we try to imbue in students to to really get them to understand that it's not about you, 
all the time, eh, part of the time as a college student, but it's really about how you can be in service for Christ and the kingdom. I feel that. I mean, as you're saying those five mm. things, I just, in my mind's eye, those are threads in the mm. fabric of the mantle that I wear mm. as a called person, mm. as a wife, as a mom, as yeah. a minister. Yeah. Those five things are, I'm like, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so it's... Well, and that has helped guide you through some sticky wickets, we might say. <laughs> and your last stint mm. uh, with the federal government was not in the FBI, but at the TSA. Right, the Transportation Security Administration. And you helped develop that agency, it seems to me, through its critical formation stages after it was first launched. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, is it fair to say you gave us pre-check? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, if, any, any of your listeners like pre-check, I'll take pr complete uh, credit for that. If they don't like it, I'll give you the name of the acting administrator. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but all of that came to a close when mm. you received a knock on the door mm. and concluded God was knocking, not just the people outside, but right. that the Lord himself was calling you to leave all of that right. and come back to the place where you started. In a most unexpected way, yes. That's exactly what happened. And it was a, just a strong sense of calling um, based on both circumstances and just God placing on my heart and, as importantly, my wife's heart yes. to say, we should be open to this possibility and if it and if it works out, then give God the glory. And if it doesn't work out, then we still give God the glory because we have been obedient to what we sensed was God's call. But so. it was no small thing to walk away from the hustle and bustle, the energy, mm. uh, the power centers of mm. Washington, D.C., and to come to central Indiana, mm. to a much smaller institution, and yet the magnitude of impact mm. is still great. Mm. Now, John, I know that uh, as we've listened to your story, underneath all of that, for many, many years, there's a passage in the New Testament that has mm. spoken into your life, and it actually frames all the things that you've just been describing. Yeah. What is that passage? Yeah, so one of the, the key verses, two verses, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that I, quote, discovered uh, as a college student, and it was through a, a, uh, one of our classes, Bible classes, uh, really got my attention because in that, talking about you know, we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And I realized that what I'd been doing in my prior life, before becoming a follower, an actual follower of, of Christ, that I was just abusing my body and I was just doing things that were completely uh, outside of, of what I should be doing as a Christ follower. So. So I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And then the second verse really has captured my attention both then and now as we look at how we message who we're about at Anderson. Uh, and, and talks about, do not be conformed to this world, which I had been because it was all peer pressure what I was doing, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds to prove again what that good and, and perfect will of God is. And I love that from a, from a higher education standpoint because we are in the business of educating and transforming for the good, and it's through the renewal of the mind. So as the mind is exposed to new thoughts and, and works through challenges and issues, what does that mean for a person in leading a transformed life? Because we know we have new life in Christ, but what does that actually mean? And so as part of this campus initiative um, that we are embarking on as part of our centennial, uh, there's more to that that we can talk about either now or later on. <laughs> 
but it's about real life transformed. It is exactly and, and, that. And that scripture, John Pistol, yeah. I think helps explain your decades mm. of public service mm. and still public mm -hmm. service at Anderson University. Mm. And to our listening audience today, you might be thinking, wow, there's mm. a story mm. uh, from tennis and uh, basketball to mm. car wreck to almost dead to standing up and playing again to self-preoccupied to surrendered into Christ's yeah. hand to the FBI to deputy director of the FBI to head of the TSA to sitting in the Oval Office to mm. wrestling with some of the most dynamic and terrifying facts on the ground about mm. our world and its dangers to the president of a school dedicated mm -hmm. to transforming the minds mm. of every student that crosses its lawn. Isn't wow. God good? As, as you're thinking Amen. about that, I want Real our audience to know yeah. God can do beyond what you ask or think and has a plan and a mm. purpose for you. Right. And we want to invite you to just think about that and to take a step towards that by praying with us just now. Mm. Now, Father, we're so thankful for the story of John Pistol. We're thankful for the way in which you breathed into being Anderson University. We're thankful for all the opportunities this world provides for us to do good and to make this world a better place. We're thankful for your hand on our lives and your still small voice that calls and we pray, Lord, that you will help us present ourselves to you as living sacrifices and that you will renew our minds, change our perspectives, mm -hmm. and give us new lens with which to see ourselves and the world and what we can be in it. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who makes all of this possible. And we pray, Lord, that we might be his, that we might follow him and be surrendered to him and be made new by him. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, what to do next? Give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's 1-800-757-8439. We want to hear from you. And JJ, if someone does not want to give us a phone call but would prefer to check us out online, where would they go? They can find us at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there all about the Viewpoint ministry, and you can also send an email and communicate with us that way. And I promise you, we will reply. Yes. And at the last, if you would rather, just use the post office. Send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018. USA. But whether you call us up on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, please let us hear from you this week. And at the last let me say, if you touch base with us, we can also send you a link straightway to Anderson University as it celebrates its 100th year God and opens its door this fall. <laughs> Amen. John Pistol, thanks for being with us. Jim, thank Proud you. to be in your thank company. You. Good to see you. And JJ, always good to see you. Likewise. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast in Anderson, Indiana, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.